Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 12. The book of Ecclesiastes and chapter number 12. We've been walking through this wonderful book. This book that is often underrated, underused, underutilized, but yet a book that is so powerful. Remember the author you human penman of this is King Solomon. King Solomon is the wisest man who had lived. This is a man who just didn't study things. He became a master in that subject. This was someone who had riches. He had entertainment. He had things available. He had put himself to it. And now as he is an older man, He's spent the last 10 to 15 years of his life away from God. He's taking an honest look, a realistic look. And again, we appreciate that because most people would not be able to give an honest look. He takes an honest look at his life and he comes up with this idea that vanity of vanity, all is vanity. The word vanity means empty. He says the idea here that under the sun. This phrase under the sun carries the idea without regard to God. And he says, life lived without regard to God is empty. It's empty. And now as he's gone through these 12 chapters, this is one sermon. This is one message. And he preaches this message and then he comes to the conclusion. Notice if you don't mind as we see the conclusion of the whole matter in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and notice with me in verse number 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 9. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought out to find acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as golds. As nails fastened by the masters of assembly, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making of many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment. And with every secret thing. Whether it be good. Or whether it be evil. Notice if you don't mind. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible. Mark a phrase that we find in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And notice with me in verse 13. The conclusion of the whole matter. The conclusion of the whole matter matter. Again, as Solomon is being used of God to pen this, Solomon has taken an honest look. Notice that Solomon refers to himself here as 
the preacher in verse number nine and verse number 10. The preacher, the preacher, the preacher. He says, He's not addressing himself as king. He's not addressing himself as a scientist. He's not addressing himself as an administrator. He's addressing himself as a preacher. He says, I have a message for you. And here is the message. Here is the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, that's a powerful statement. Only God can make a statement like this and truly be accurate. Many people have their own ideas of how life should be concluded. But if their ideas don't agree with God's word, then their ideas are wrong. The Bible is our standard. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? What is this? Remember, it's all about keeping life simple. God makes things simple. We make things complicated. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So all of life is what it's referred. Let's hear the conclusion of all of life. What is all of life? What can we boil life down to? Now that's a pretty important statement because we all have life. What is the conclusion of all of our life? What is the purpose of our life? What is the goal of our life? What is the idea of life about? The conclusion of the whole matter is this. Fear God. Obey his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's pretty simple. Fear God. Remember the idea of fearing God is that God becomes such a big God in our life that all the other fears in our life become small. That I trust him. He's the one I want to honor. He's the one I want to fear. Fear God and keep his commandments. Now keep his commandments is an overflow of whom he is. So we see God as he truly is and then we obey that God because of how we see him. You know why a lot of people have a hard time obeying God? Because they don't see him as a big God. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? Keep your eyes on the Lord and just do what he says. You know that makes life simple. Look at God, keep your eyes on him, and do what he says. The conclusion of the whole matter. In fact, it says it this, for this is the whole duty of man. That's it. See how big God is and do what he says. That's it. That's pretty simple. But we make things complicated. We like to really make things a lot complicated. But what about this? And how about this? And how about this? No. Keep your eyes on the Lord, see who he is, and then do what he says because of whom he is. We put things in order. It all begins with God. It all ends with God. God is the goal. Keep your eyes on the Lord. You know, that makes things simple because we have a lot of decisions in life. What should I do here? What should I do here? What should I do here? You know how you should answer that? Keep your eyes on the Lord and do what he tells you to do. Well, I've got to go deal with the boss. Well, how do, what do I do? Keep your eyes on the Lord and do what he says. Well, I've got to deal with my marriage. What do I do? Keep your eyes on the Lord. Do what he says. Well, I've got to do something about my kids. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Do something and follow after what he says. Well, I've got to do something about finances. Keep your eyes on the Lord and do what he says. Well, what about my physical health? Keep your eyes on the Lord. And do what he says. But what about my neighbor? Keep your eyes on the Lord and do what he says. Well, what about our government? Keep your eyes on the Lord. You see, he's made things simple. We can manage that. 
Our whole duty of man, keep our eyes on the Lord and do what he says. So we are the ones who make things complicated. Have you ever got yourself where you're so complicated? What do I do? And you're worried and frenzied and whatever. What do I do? How do I deal with this? And you can't sleep. Okay. Conclusion of the whole matter. Keep your eyes on the Lord and do what he says. That's it. Yeah. We make things complicated. Solomon is bringing it down to a practical statement. A statement that we could all remember. Let's hear the whole conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Do what he says. No matter what you face, no matter where you're at, that's what you need to do. Preacher, what do I do about this? Fear God. Keep his commandments. Preacher, what about this? Fear God. Keep his commandments. God has made things simple. We make things complicated. So with that, let's examine this idea of the conclusion of the whole matter and see what does it mean about this closing of this uh, passage and keeping life simple. First of all, notice the words of truth. The words of truth. Notice if you don't mind, as it says in verse number nine, moreover, Because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge, yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. So the preacher says, I've been looking for ways to teach the people. I've been looking to give them good advice. I've been searching for something to say. Again, he's bringing an idea to the conclusion. I've studied a lot. What do I tell the people about life? What do I tell them about the experiences? What do I tell them? What do I wrap things up? He says, of course, the conclusion that he's going to draw to is to fear God, keep his commandments. Look at God, keep things simple. But he says, I've been looking for things to say. I've been doing my research. I've been studying this. What do I tell people? Verse number 11. Verse number 10, rather. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. Again, he said, I'm searching to try to find what do I tell the people? And so I didn't have anything better to find than the words of truth, the Bible. What is true? What is faithful? What's lovely? What is it that God wants you to have? What can I wrap this down? What can I bring this down to one concise statement? Verse number 11, the words of the wise are as goads. You say, what in the world's a goad? A goad is something that we'd use to herd animals. Even today, if you go to a third world country, you could see an oxen who is loaded up with a plow and you could see a little child behind it with a stick. At the end of the stick is a little um, point and they would poke at the animal to keep it going. That's the idea of a goad. You know what the word of God does? Is it provokes us. It pokes us to do what's right. That's why you get in the Bible. As you read the Bible, it tries to provoke you, poke you, goad you. Come on, let's go this way. Do what's right. Come on, let's go. That's sometimes why people don't like to read the Bible. They don't like it. It keeps poking me. It keeps pushing me and I don't want to be pushed. Well, probably you need to be pushed. That's why it's pushing you. Well, that's what the Bible is. It's a goad. Notice it goes on. And as nails fastened by the masters of assembly. Here is a wonderful picture about the word of God. You know what the word of God does? That as you obey the word of God, it nails it down deep. By masters of 
their craft that it's not coming back up. You know, if you're going to build something, you want to make sure that it lasts. Have you ever tried to do a tent in the backyard and you didn't nail the stakes down enough and the wind came and it blew everything up? (laughs) Nothing like being in the desert and then having that thing blow up and actually blow you and the tent along with it. You want to make sure that's nailed down. When you obey the word of God, when you take the word of God and use it properly, it's like nails fastened down. It's nailed down deep and you're going to be anchored. Your anchor sure. It's going to be nailed down deep and you're going to be standing on the cleft of the rock. It's going to be nailed down and you're not going to be blown around with and swayed with every wind of doctrine. There's going to be a stabilizing force in your life, even in the storms that are fall around you. We all want to be stable when the storms come. Amen. How does that happen? Taking the word of God, obeying it, and letting God nail it down. That's what the word of God does, is that we take the words of truth. We let God prod us into the way. We let the word of truth nail us down so we could survive in this wicked world and keep us from drifting away from where we're supposed to. It nails us down. Notice as it goes on in verse number 11, it says, which are given from one shepherd. May I remind you that the one shepherd gave us this, that this is not a book written by man. It's a book written by God. In fact, hold your finger here and let's just show this again. What does the word of God do for us? Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament. 2 Timothy in chapter number 3. 2 Timothy in chapter number 3. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, the apostle Paul is writing to his son of the faith, Timothy. And Paul is fixing to take a shortcut to glory. They're going to behead him fairly soon. And so these are his last words. He's writing to a pastor. And yet, as he's writing to the pastor, he speaks about the word of God and how important the word of God is. So 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Notice with me in verse number 15. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, and verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Now notice what the holy scriptures are able to do, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This idea of inspiration means it is God breathed, that God is the one who gave us the scriptures. Notice in verse 15, it's called them the holy scriptures. God breathed the Holy Scriptures. God's the one who wrote it. This is a book not about man. It's a book about God given to us by God. Notice in verse 16, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That means it's good for you. You like things that are good for you. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice here, there are five works that the Bible tries to do in our life. Every time the Bible's open, it's trying to do one of five things. Verse number 15, make thee wise unto salvation. The very first work that the Bible tries to do is nail down salvation. Note what is salvation? It's coming to the place where we realize that we're sinners and because of our sin that we've offended a holy, righteous God. But that Jesus died for us and we come to the place where we personally accept Christ as our Savior. The very first work the Bible does in anyone's life is try to bring them to the place of accepting the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So someone who is lost, you know what they're going to see in the pages? 
that they're a sinner and because of their sin that they owe God a great price, but Jesus paid for them and they must accept Christ as their savior. That's what God's trying to do is bring them to himself. After that, verse 16, we could see there's four more works. The Bible says that it is profitable, it's good for you, for doctrine. We could simplify it and say it this way, that it tells us what is right. It says not only for doctrine, but for reproof. That tells us what is not right. Then it says for correction. That's how to get it right. And then for instruction and righteousness, that's how to keep it right. So the Bible always does, every time it's open, is trying to give us one of these five works. It's either trying to bring us to salvation, or it tells us what's right, what's not right, how to get it right, or how to keep it right. Well, that's pretty simple, right? That's what the Bible is trying to do every time it's open. So remember, the Word of God fastens us deep. The Word of God helps us from blowing around. The Word of God goads us to the right direction. How does it do it? By either giving us about salvation, what is right, what is not right, how to get it right, or how to keep it right. So that's what the Bible is. So every time you go to church, you're going to hear a message about one of those five things. God is trying to speak to you about one of those five things. Now, hopefully you nail down salvation. Once you're saved, then it's either telling us what's right, what's not right, how to get it right, or how to keep it right. The word of God is trying to help you. It is profitable. This is why we need to nail down God's word. Remember the conclusion of the whole matter? Fear God, keep his commandments. Why? Because the Bible is trying to do a work in your life. That's why you need to pay attention It's why we give people notebooks. Why do we give you notebooks? Because what I'm saying is so important. No, we're trying to get you in the habit of listening to what God is trying to tell you so you do something for it. If you sit in a church service like we have and you get nothing from the message, it's not the Bible's fault. Amen. You need to be listening. Every time the Bible is open, God is trying to do something in your life. What is it? Remember, he's either trying to bring you to salvation or he's telling you what's right, what's not right, how to get it right, or how to keep it right. That's wonderful, isn't it? Turn back to Ecclesiastes. We see a second thing. We see the whole, the words of truth, but we also see the whole matter. The conclusion of the whole matter. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? To fear God and to keep his commandments. Do you fear God? What does it mean to fear God? Remember, we have defined the fear of God here is that it is an emotional response based of our knowledge of him. Remember that Paul and Moses both had the same prayer at the height of their ministry. That I may know him. What is your goal? To know him more. And as you know him more, there's going to develop a natural fear because of how you see him. You know, you should be growing in your knowledge of him all the time. In fact, look back, don't raise your hand, but think about this. Do you know God more now than what you did a year ago? If you didn't, there's something wrong. Your knowledge of him should be ever growing because you're seeking after him. What is the Christian life? It is the never-ending pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chasing after him. I like that word pursue. Some of you understand the word pursue because you had to pursue your sweetheart. 
Remember when you were chasing down your sweetheart and you did all kinds of things to get her? Unless she laid a trap for you and that would maybe different. But you know, you tried to impress her. You know, think about a young man who is twiddle-pated, sees some beautiful thing and he does everything. He takes a shower for once. He actually washes his clothes. He combs his hair. He, you know, he tried to do whatever he could to get her. You know, he would write pathetic love notes and he would try to sing to her and it would be awful, but she smiled anyways. And, you know, he did all kinds of, he bought her things, uh, things that she didn't need. But, you know, oh, I love you. He did, he pursued after her. He put effort into it. That's what the Christian life should be. It's not a passive life. It is the never ending pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm always after him. I want to learn more about him. I want to know him. But when you do that, the conclusion of the whole matter is to know God, fear God, and obey his commandments. See who God is and do what he says. It makes it simple. Remember our theme for last year is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That it begins with God by learning more about him. If you want wisdom, it comes from knowing him. You know, that helps us out with the conclusion of the whole matter. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? Get to know God. Think about maybe your own life. How your life would have changed if you said that was my goal to get to know him. Think of maybe some things we could have avoided in our life. Maybe some heartbreaks that we could have changed. Maybe how things could have been simplified. If I just said my main goal is to know him. Simplify our life quite a bit. To make God our goal. I want to know him more. I want to know him more. Remember, you can't know more about him in absentee. You can't know more about him by osmosis. I know some of you have tried to sleep on your Bible and it didn't soak it up. It didn't work in high school. Your textbooks is not going to work with the Bible. You have to seek after him. There has to be a purposeful pursuit to know him. To get to know him. It's amazing some big f famous people are more approachable than what you may think. Some people are scared. For example, Pastor Sexton. My wife's still scared of Pastor Sexton. I know he just passed away, but you know, she would be like, oh man, this is someone who really knows his Bible and I, 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 I don't want to talk with him. I'm scared to death to him. But he was very approachable. And he would often say, more people could get to know me if they put in the effort. You know, that's a true statement. To put in the effort to, to get to know him, to talk with him, strike a conversation up. You know, <clears throat> this becomes a big deal to know him. And then when we know him, it's easier to obey what he told us to do because we could see he's a good God who has our best interest in heart, who won't lead us astray, but to know him and just do what he says. That's the conclusion of the whole matter. Simplify all of life. Know him and keep his commandments. Which now brings us to one last thing, the work of judgment. The work of judgment. By the way, verse number 12, for every student, this one's your life verse. And further by these, my son, be admonished, making of many books there's no end, and with much study is a weariness of the flesh. Right? Some of the high schoolers say, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> they make your life verse. That's right. Later on, um, 
<laughs> they said to the apostle Paul, much studying has made thee mad. That's the second life verse for students, right? <laughs> but he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Verse number 14. For God, why should this be the whole conclusion of the whole matter? Remember when you see that word for, you can often ask the question why. So why Why is it that we should fear God and keep his commandments? For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. When we come to it, we understand that we're going to stand before God and give an account. Now remember, there's two types of judgment. Not everyone goes to the same judgment. Some people have a misunderstanding that when you die, God's going to sort you out. You go here and you go here. Now, when you die, there's already two judgments and you're already set for one of them. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your savior, you're headed to the white throne judgment where you're going to be sentenced for your sins. If you have accepted Christ as your savior, you have a different judgment you're going to called the Bema seat or the judgment seat of Christ. At the judgment seat of Christ, we're not being judged for our sins. We're going to be judged for our works and of what sort they are. Basically, what did we do and why did we do them? Why should we make the conclusion of the whole matter to fear God and to keep his commandments? Because one day we're going to face that God and we're going to give an account for our life, whether it was good or whether it was evil, for everything that was done in our life. And we're going to stand before him and give an account. So why should I look for him and obey him? So that way when I stand before him, I could hear good job, my good and faithful servant, rather than Sorry, I wish you loved me more. I wish you would have done something. You know, when it comes to the idea of what, how do we see life, we got to look past life and see that there's another life. There's eternal life. There's eternity that we have to face. And we're going to stand before that God and give an account. That makes things simple when we say, hey, I'm going to stand before this God and give an account. I better find out what he wants me to do now and do it. That simplifies everything. Should I go to church or not? Well, I'm going to have to stand before him, give an account, and explain why I chose not to go to church. What are you going to tell him? Well, God, the Super Bowl was on. What are you going to tell him? How are you going to excuse it? Well, God, you know, I was just too tired. Well, God, it just doesn't for me. I mean, what, what in the world could you possibly tell him? It's easier just to fear God and keep his commandments, do what he told us to do, and to keep it simple so we could please him who have chosen us to be his servants. Just what is the conclusion of the whole matter? How can we keep it simple? Fear God, keep his commandments. Keep your eyes on him and do what he says. Why? Because one day we're going to stand before him and give an account. And if we did what he told us to do, it will be a good accounting. You said, but the judgment is scary. All judgment is scary. That's because we're being evaluated. I used to play trumpet once upon a time ago and we'd play for competition. And we're always scared before we played trumpet. Why? Was it because if I failed, they were going to tie me up, throw me in the back of a car and (laughs) drop me off in the back of the desert? No. Is there going to be any consequences like that? No. But I'm being evaluated. Did I do a good job or not? How well of a job did I do? Did I practice? Did it show? Did I get the right notes? 
Well, that's the judgment we're going to stand before God. He's not going to go beat us up and throw us in the back of the desert. But he's going to look and say, you know what? You did a good job. How did I do a good job? Kept my eyes on him and did what he said. I kept it simple. I didn't have to come up with excuses. Why did I miss church? Why didn't I read my Bible? Why didn't I pray? Well, because, you know, this was more important. I had to figure this. It simplifies all of life when you can make a conclusion like this. What is the conclusion? How can you summarize what we're supposed to do in life? Keep your eyes on him. Do what he said. Fear God. Keep his commandments. It simplifies our decisions. It simplifies our actions. Helps things streamline. And it makes life simple. And when life is complicated, that's when we get frazzled and upset and confused and bewildered. Keep life simple. Fear God. Keep his commandments. That is the conclusion of the whole matter. Here's Solomon, the smartest man who ever lived, who's experienced everything he possibly could. And he says, let me help you. Let me give you a conclusion of the whole matter. I studied all of life. I tried everything. I got in trouble. I messed up things. Let me tell you, what's the conclusion of the whole matter? Fear God. Keep his commandments. Keep it simple. Look at God and do what he says. Conclusion of the whole matter. You know, if we would really get a hold of that principle of keeping it simple, it would streamline our lives, make it less complicated, and help us to be more pleasing to him. And have a life worth living. At the end of our life, we can say it was a joy to have this life. It was wonderful to have this life. And now I'm looking forward to the next. That's what we should want. The conclusion of the whole matter. To fear God and to keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.